Two receivers right and one left. Shotgun snap to McCoy. And it's a pitch on a reverse far side to Kirk who's going to throw the ball. Fires far side down to the five-yard line. It's caught by Wesley and out of bounds at the one. A gain of 33 with Kirk on a trick play throwing the ball downfield to Wesley. It'll be first and goal at the one. Oh, what a dime by Christian Kirk. Dave Pass, Ron Wolfley on the call. One of the highlights from Sunday's win in Santa Clara over the 49ers. Christian Kirk showing a different portion of his game. Uh, it was quite a throw, especially for a wide receiver on the move, rolling mm-hmm. to his right to hit Antoine Wesley at the one-yard line. Cardinals actually challenged the result of that play. They lost the challenge. They scored a play later on a one-yard touchdown run by James Conner. But um, I don't I may, maybe this I thought is... that was such an odd play to challenge, too. It was almost like he really wanted Antoine Wesley to get that touch or to get a touch off of that play. Yeah, or... Because you know, you're first and goal from the inch line, and you're risking a challenge for that. That kind of challenge, especially when you've got a guy effective uh, as effective as James Conner's been yeah, near the goal right, line, right. that kind of challenge opens the floodgates for the Cliff Kingsbury must have Christian Kirk or Antoine Wesley <laughs> on his fantasy team. No, I think he really wanted a touchdown out of that out of that trick play, and, and that's cool. I, and because yeah. that's that's something when you when you install that and you rep that in practice, there's an excitement to that. Like, are we going to run this? Mm-hmm. Am I going to get a chance to throw this football? Yeah, Christian Kirk. I saw Bobby McManaman tweet this out that uh, Christian Kirk dislocated his thumb. Yeah, here's Christian Kirk explaining what happened on that's that. Uh, well, I found out. Um, just with, uh, you know, AJ going down and, you know, DeAndre not being up this week, uh, that I was going to be the one throwing the ball. And I feel like people were kind of sl- uh, sleep on my, on my arm ability. You know, I always knew I could throw, and I've done it in high school and whatnot and a couple times in college. Um, but finally got my chance to do it. Uh, one thing people don't know is I hyperextended my thumb on my throwing hand the play before. Uh, so I really couldn't feel my thumb, and when they called the play, I was like, "Oh no! Like I, I got to go say something because I can't, I can't really grip the ball." Um, but then I was like, "I, you know, I can't miss out on this opportunity." So I just had to find a way to make it happen. Thank goodness I had gloves on, so that helped a little bit. But uh, you know, I didn't really, didn't really get nervous or anything. Just got the ball and knew I had to make the throw. Uh, Christian pr- Kirk, love that guy. Uh, that's going to give birth, I think, to a song parody on Friday by one Jarrett Carlin, channeling his inner The Weeknd, I Can't Feel My Thumb When I'm About to Throw, right, something right. like that. Yeah. That's a good idea. I'll write that one down. <laughs> but I love it. Yes, I love it. Uh, Christian Kirk also on whether or not he was disappointed the throw wasn't a touchdown. But I was disappointed. I, I thought it was a touchdown for him. I wanted to be able to say that I threw him his first touchdown, so that was the, from a selfish aspect, uh, I was more mostly disappointed in that, and uh, obviously wanted him to get in the end zone, um, you know. But hey, we got the ball down to the one, and we're able to punch it in the the, uh, the next play. Yeah, uh, when it comes down to it, Christian Kirk, um, that that uh, quarterback rating of one eighteen, that would be among the league leaders on one pass. <laughs> you know who the leading quarter, nah. the leading uh, uh, guy in the NFL is with quarterback rating? No, I don't. Derrick Henry. <laughs> oh, now that's funny. What is he? Two for two. One for one. one for five one? yards and a touchdown. A rating of one twenty seven point one. Just beating out Russell Wilson. I <laughs> know oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, on a serious note, uh, Christian Kirk was one of those guys that people looked at last year, said. Okay, year three ascension for Christian Kirk is necessary for this team to make the next step. 
it was an uneven year for Christian Kirk. It wasn't consistent. There was some drops. Through the Cardinals' first nine games, he's been really consistent yes. this year. Uh, this has been a this has been a really good uh, year so far for Christian Kirk. He's given the team exactly what they need from him. He's made a handful of really big plays, and he's a great dude. And he's a great interview. And uh, I'm I'm happy to see it. Yeah, and he also cleared up. Hey, if, uh, you know. Hyper extended the thumb before he made that throw, which was a perfect throw. Uh, any concerns about the thumb moving forward? Uh, yeah, my, my thumb is fine. You know, it's kind of one of those things where you know, it kind of shocks you at first, and then you know, as the game goes on, it it loosens up. I mean, I'm, I'm sure every everybody out there has a finger jammed or something. You know, it, it's part of the game. I uh, just thought it was, it was funny and a coincidence that it happens right before we call the double pass. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I, I love that story. I lo- I love the mental calculus he went through. Like, I, I better say something. No, actually, I'm not going to. I'm not passing this up. That is excellent. And it was a good pass, too, like you pointed out on Twitter. It was really, really yeah, a good pass. It was. Um, away from that particular play, Christian Kirk also talked about this, this team's attitude. Um, and I think it's been on display at this point. Cardinals, the only one-loss team remaining in the NFL, but... Uh, kind of having a, a collective chip on the shoulder. Yeah, you know, we're just we're not backing down um, to anybody, and you know, we said it from week one. Uh, we have a chip on our shoulder, and uh, even sitting at you know our record and you know whatever the standings, wherever the rankings want to put us, uh, we always still have the underdog mentality because uh, we know what it took to get here, and we're still not even done yet, or even remotely close to being to where we're, we're at. Um, but, you know, we approach every single day and every single week as the under, underdog. You know, we know people still count us out. People counted us out going into Sunday um, because we had some of our starters out and, you know, we were down. And so people were so quick to say, oh, they don't have this guy, that guy, and, and that guy, you know, um, you know, they're not going to be able to get it done. And, you know, we take that stuff, um, you know, personally, and you can see that when we're out there, and, and especially on the road playing. That Christian Kirk indirectly referencing the Bickley and Murata mornings program. People counted us out. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Guilty. Yeah. I picked the 49ers to win. Yeah. Again, As did a lot of people. Again, but but now you're assigning guilt to it when it was just a prediction. I don't feel guilty. I'm wrong pretty much every week on my card. Right. Picks. Well, you said guilty. <laughs> well, no, you're not. You were wrong. We were wrong. We I, weren't guilty of anything. Okay. Counted, counted you know what out. What I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, the, I mean, because. As come you, on. They didn't have Kyler Murray. Of, of course. Or DeAndre Hopkins. Yes. Or J.J. Watt. Right. Or like, A.J. Green. Right. That's a, I mean, there's a reason that we came in on Monday and we're so impressed with them. <laughs> and we're so happy. Yeah. It's no, because people don't like that. it was sort of unexpected that they would play that well without all that star power. Right. They want to scream at us, Jared. Come on. You know that. Look, Bick, you know me. Uh-huh. You know me a long time. Mm-hmm. I think it's. Way more interesting to talk about losses than it is to talk about wins. I wouldn't trade all the winning. Obviously, I want the team to do well. I want all the teams that I pull for to do well. But I just maybe it's my pessimistic nature. I find it more interesting to talk about losses. But I hope we don't have to talk about them anymore. As somebody who has been a producer on this show for both of you guys when they were losing a lot, Mm-hmm. I disagree that you like talking about those things. <laughs> well, <more>. I mean, <laughs> look, if there's a... I think it's much more fun this year. Well, and a lot of that I base, too, from I, my experience of hosting post-game shows. Mm-hmm. 
post-game shows after wins never really did much for me. After losses, you get vitriol, you get passion, you get get a ton of negative energy. Yeah, that's true. And and I've got a theory on that. I don't know if I've got time to explain it now. I know you've heard me say this before. Uh, There's a lot of negative energy in the Valley because there's a lot of people here who um, have negative opinions about the sports franchises for what they've been in the past. Uh And also, it's validation for the fans who come here from elsewhere, who want to believe that their teams back home were better. So when... Arizona teams flame out and lose spectacularly, it creates this incredible tidal wave of negative energy, and it's partly because of that. See? These teams stink! See? I told you! (laughs) There is that. You can't trust the Bidwells! (laughs) Spelled with an E. Right. Exactly. (laughs) You caught that. Yeah, that's right. That's Well done, Vinny. Nothing gets by you. Hey, I'm paying attention I today. I know you are. There's a first time for everything, <laughs> huh? Yeah. Coming up next, uh, it's Wednesday. Jarrett will uh, prepare with help from Sarah Cazell. A little round of start, sit, cut. Next, it's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata Mornings on 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Bickley and Murata want to know, who would you start, sit, or cut? Oh, boy. It's already Wednesday, Bick. Yeah. Middle of the week. It can't really truly be a hump day shenanigans Wednesday without the, the, biggest, shenan- the shenanigans that, of uh, from the biggest hump. Yeah. yeah. It Jared can't Carlin. be a hump day without the biggest hump of all, yeah. Jared Carlin. I'm going to present you guys with three options, mm-hmm. and you'll have to tell me whether you would start, sit, or cut them. You're essentially ranking them in most likely to least likely based on the topic I'm giving you. And we're going to start with the Cardinals. And we talked a lot this offseason about their big, flashy additions, J.J. Watt, Rodney Hudson, A.J. Green. I want to ask you, now, looking back at it and the impact they've had on the team, who is the most underrated addition to the team this year? Start, sick, cut. Colt McCoy, James Conner, Matt Prater. Ooh, good question to start us off. That's very good. I'm going to start James Conner. Oh. I'm going to sit Matt Prater, and for now I'll cut Colt McCoy. That's the correct answer. Uh, Correct order. James Conner has been consistently good all year. Matt Prater has been consistently good all year in a much more specialized role. Mm -hmm. And Colt McCoy was really, really good in one game. And Connor saw how last year though how important it is going to have someone yes. who can just be really good in one game. Connor and Prater will continue to be relied upon to excel in their roles, where ideally Colt McCoy won't. So that's that's why the order is what it is. Isn't it amazing? Th- those three guys I mentioned to set up the question, and then the three guys in the question. What an unbelievably good off season they had. I mean, yeah, Steve Kime really knocked it out yeah, of the park. He really did. No, he really, <laughs> really all did. those all guys th- contributing. Yeah. Yeah, listen. And that's losing Malcolm Butler too. Yeah. yeah. And and it appears he also authored a good draft. So I think it's all it's all turning. And you know what? And this is this is the truth about it is that if you have someone you think is really good at their job, you stick with them. That's what the, that's the Steelers mantra. And it's worked kind of well for them. Yeah. And and it and it certainly worked in the case of Steve Kime. Get another question, Jarrett? Yep. We're we just <laughs> Uh, recently, we were playing some of the Aaron Rodgers sound on his uh-huh. 
uh, explanation, <laughs> apology tour. His wants to move past it. He's not an expert. Doesn't want to talk about it. Uh, that he did that, by the way, in his third appearance on the Pack McAfee show in the last week, where he has spoke for over an hour and a half of combined time. But he doesn't want to talk about it, so he doesn't <laughs> want to make it about himself. I'm going to ask you. Who is most likely to be the starting quarterback for the uh, their current team next year? Okay. Aaron Rodgers with the Packers, Ben Roethlisberger with the Steelers, or Tua with Ooh. the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Start sick cut. Mo- most likely most to be likely? A, yep, most likely to be starting quarterback with their current team next season. I will start Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Flip a coin on the other two because I don't think either one of them is going to be there. I will, I'll sit Ben Roethlisberger and I'll cut to a, at least Ben Roethlisberger is quieting a lot of the yeah. Ben Roethlisberger is cooked chorus. Oh, he certainly uh, so is. He's, he's played better as of late. Man, Tua, he must feel unwanted every day he walks through that facility. <laughs> I am going to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start. Yeah, I think I think Vinny's got the order right. I I almost want to flip Ben and Aaron Rodgers, but I really believe there's something to this this narrative that that Aaron Rodgers I, teams aren't going to necessarily want to bring that dude into the organization. I will start Aaron Rodgers. I will sit Ben Roethlisberger, and I will cut Tua very much like the Dolphins will cut Tua. All right, uh, the son, the car, the sons. The Cardinals, we found out, are going to be playing against P.J. Walker, mm-hmm. not Sam Darnold. So not, I asked, not officially. Not officially, <laughs> but reportedly. Okay. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> reportedly. Uh-huh. Allegedly. Who's your favorite? No, no. Who's which, my which, fr- favorite? Which, in your opinion, which Walker... Has had the best career. Okay. Which, which Walker has had mm-hmm. the best career? Starts to cut. Herschel Walker. Okay. Jimmy JJ Walker. <laughs> or Chuck Norris, star of Walker, Texas Ranger. Wow. Who had the best overall career? Ooh. Um. I don't know. I will start Herschel Walker. Sit Chuck Norris. Cut J.J. Walker, I guess. I don't know. You have added, Vinny. This make is one of se- make some sense of this. One of the silliest questions that's ever been asked in Start Sit Cut. We're just saying something. Um, I will. I will. I will start Richard Walker, who has a great chain of Richard pancake, pancake restaurants. Oh, I'm not familiar. International House of uh, Walker. <laughs> Wesley Walker. Yeah, Walker Bueller. Doc Walker. <laughs> Kemba Walker. <laughs> These boots are made for Walker. <laughs> you had to throw in the 70s comedian. I'm starting. There's only one of those three guys that has a whole line of uh, legendary sayings about them. I'm starting Chuck Norris as Walker, Texas Ranger. I'm sitting. Killing him to try to put these in order. Well, one guy was a phenomenon in the seventies, right. and another guy was a phenomenon in the eighties. So. That's right, right. 
One of them is r- running for office now, I'll and sit one of them is and all and talking all. life insurance or something. <laughs> I did see JJ Walker on a life insurance commercial. <laughs> I always feel so bad for those guys. They, they they drag up a lot of like 60s, 70s, 80s stars to do those things, mm-hmm. and they always. So Jimmy JJ Walker is like, and what do I think about this life insurance? Well, it's dynamite. <laughs> it's like they, he has to say it, I'm and like, he oh, almost at the bottom. It, there's like text that says, "You remember this reference, right?" <laughs> and then it says, uh, "Life insurance is not dynamite." Do not. <laughs> Well, I got another one of these, so get oh, ready. Oh, good, good, good. good. Because, yeah, because more Walker. We're talking about P.J. Walker. Well, who's your favorite P.J.? PJ. Yeah. Is it Phil Jackson? Is it Peter Jackson, the director of Lord of the Rings, the mm-hmm. Hobbit movies? Or is it Penn Gillette of Penn & Teller fame? Well, he'd be a P.G., so he's out. <laughs> no, he's... Is, is it, it? Does he spell it with yeah, a J? It's with a J. It's, he's not the he's not the razor guy. He's not the heir to the comfortable razor fortune. Now I, I would say, are you sure, Jared? But I already know the answer to that question. You're I am not, sure on not that because sure. I, I am he, sure on that. I he, is, right. he is right. <laughs> I, am, start, I misspoke. I'll start Phil Jackson. I will. Uh, I don't care. I will. <laughs> I will sit. Who is the second one again? Peter Jackson Peter from, J- Lord from the, the Lord of the, Lord the Rings. Rings yeah. and I'll the sit Hobbit. Peter Jackson and I'll cut Penn Gillette. I'll start Penn Gillette. Yeah. <laughs> I'll sit Peter Jackson even though I haven't seen one second of the Lord of the Rings movie. I know. There's okay. a lot of seconds in it. So. Yeah, yeah, there sure are. Uh, and then I'm going to cut Phil Jackson. All right, finally, uh, tomorrow is National Sunday Day. You think it would be on a Sunday, but no, it's on a Thursday. Yeah, because it's S-U-N-D-A-E, oh, Jared. Oh, that's right. Of course. I agree with Jared. That was it should a joke. be on a Sunday. <laughs> it should be. Uh, okay. Um, favorite Sunday topping. Ooh, Start, sick, cut. It. Hot fudge slash chocolate syrup. Mm-hmm. Caramel mm-hmm. Sli- slash butterscotch. Or whipped cream. Ooh, that's easy for me. Whipped Star- cream. Starting the caramel. Starting the caramel, okay. sitting, sitting the, the hot fudge, cutting the whipped cream. Don't need the whipped cream on ice cream. Oh, goodness. It's so good. <laughs> I'm starting the fudge. Head. Yeah. I'm sitting the whipped cream, and oh. I'm cutting the caramel. Really? Oh, That's yeah. the combo. Yeah. What? Wow. That's the combo. It's the hot fudge. I don't want anything to do with the whipped cream. Caramel, you can you can stay and play a little. <laughs> but in the ideal world, <laughs> I'd, have all, store, I'd have all three of those things. Does, any, does anybody like to say caramel or caramel? Or it's always... Carmel is a place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Carmel. Beautiful place. Carmel is also uh, ignoring a syllable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I'm trying to be too fancy if I say caramel, like I'm pretending to be someone I'm not. <laughs> Don't ever do that what? when ordering a syllable. So the, no? the candy bar, caramello, <laughs> nobody calls it Carmelo. Oh. Mm-hmm. Does anyone talk about caramellos? They're it just good. came up on this show. Not too caramellos long. are They're fantastic. Are they? Out. I'm not standing. What's better than a Rolo? I'm good with it being a But can you roll a Caramello to your pal? You can give Gosh. Carmelo Anthony a Rolo. <laughs> All right, we're done. Vic, you promised shenanigans, and that... Oh, no, we... we that segment we delivers We have got our vibe right today. We have uh, got our vibe right. Uh, coming up next, Sarah Cazell helps us get caught up on all the big stories of the day Come via on. the Rush Hour Reboot. Next, it's Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 
98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Setting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. That's American-owned and American-dreamed Brooklyn Betting. Okay, good morning, everyone. Good, good morning, morning, Sarah. Ms. Pizzell. Ah, don't call me that. Good morning, Sarah, the ruthless. <laughs> yes. Sarah Fox. Yes. Oh, here there we, we go. go. There we go. There we go. Welcome into what are we doing? Rush hour reboot. <laughs> what? <laughs> Good morning almost, to you. I almost said social studies. I'm like, no, I'm not even oh, ready. Not for that. All right. Rank the following things. Twice cooked baked potatoes. Uh, yeah, what else? Uh, caramel. <laughs> JJ Walker. What's your favorite favorite Halloween candy? A Mounds, a Mars, or a Snickers? Start, sit, or cut? That's the stuff people love. Those always get the most responses on Twitter. It's true. It's true. Twice cooked baked potato, refried beans. Is there a third thing that's cooked twice that you eat? (laughs) Already been chewed gum. ABC gum. A chili relleno? I'll think about it for tomorrow. All right. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah we'll Sarah please do noodle on that. <laughs> That's good, Jared. Uh, in the mean, right. meantime, we'll do the Rush Hour Reboot. That's mm-hmm. what we're doing now at 730 here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. We take you through the biggest topics and stories of the day with Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, and Jared Carlin. P.J. Walker will start for the Panthers on Sunday. Sam Darnold out for several weeks, according to Ian Rappaport, uh, with a fractured bone in his right shoulder blade. Here is ESPN's Kimberly Martin reacting to the news and why it is notable. Everybody thought Sam Darnold was back. Start of the season, Matt Rule, like he's good. And then Sam kind of turned back into a pumpkin. Jets fans were like, see, that's the guy we know. And now for him to be sidelined, this is a big deal for a guy that's looking to, like Carson Wentz, looking to change the narrative of his career. Turns into a pumpkin, kind of like me at about 8 o'clock every night now. Uh, does this news change your outlook on Sunday's game between the Cardinals and the Panthers? Does it make you feel more confident in the Cardinals, less confident in the Cardinals? How do you feel about this? Um, yeah, I feel le- uh, not less confident in the Cardinals, more confident in Carolina. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I, okay. I find that to be funny, but, but uh, there's a lot of Panther fans who are so mad at Sam Darnold. They're like, anybody is better than this guy, and that's what Vinny's been saying. I I, I don't look at it that way. Sam Darnold beat the, the Cardinals last year. Am I right? He played in that game for Carolina. No, of course he didn't. He was the, no. You know, he was in New York. That's yeah. um, Teddy Bridgewater. That's right. It was te- that oh, was Teddy's right. game. Was that's Teddy. right. Um, okay, brain cramp there. But I will say it this: happens. this is uh Preparing for the unknown probably does scare them more than Sam Darnold. I think it's a big break for the team. I don't think P.J. Walker is ready to beat an NFL team uh, quarterbacking a full game. Mm -hmm. I don't think he is. Okay. Now, as this pertains to Colt McCoy versus Kyler Murray, do you have a preference as far as who starts on Sunday? Or do you think there's even a choice at this point? Do we know? Look, if if he's healthy, it's Kyler Murray every day and twice on Sunday. Um, I don't think he's healthy. I think the Cardinals, obviously, now in the position that they're in, being eight and one, being the front runners in the mm-hmm. NFC, um, there's that pressure to keep up, but there's also that pressure to have your best players available at the end of the year, which nothing is guaranteed. I think they're going to proceed yeah. with caution. I think mm-hmm. we're going to see Cole McCoy. Again. Yeah, and and I think they kind of knew that all along. To be honest with you, this is a high ankle sprain, as reported by Laura Oakman over the weekend during mm-hmm. the the, uh, the Fox broadcast. Then then I think he's not playing this game. Okay, and, and I think it's very fortuitous that it came against the 49ers and the Panthers, two teams that I think 
Colt McCoy is very capable of beating. Oh, no question. That timing could not have been better. Yep. Uh, elsewhere in the NFL, Odell Beckham Jr., he cleared waivers yesterday. He is now a free agent. Um, Seattle and Kansas City being pointed to by national media voices at, at, as two destinations. Also that seen makes the sense. Packers. Oh, yeah, because of cap space specifically. But um, what do you guys think, Dan and Vince? What would be the best destination for OBJ and which destination scares you as it pertains to threatening the Cardinals? Um, I'll answer the second part first. Mm. Nothing scares me. Uh, I don't think he's going to contribute positively to any team that's a potential landing spot. Okay. So that being said, I'd love to see him go to Seattle. Let's finish off that demolition <laughs> of that franchise uh, and do it from the inside. Yeah, I would. I would say. Uh, I look. There was a time when Odell Beckham Jr. was sensational with the Giants. Very small window of time. His first three years, he was historically yeah, good. I would. I would worry. I would worry about him going Teddy team in the NFC West and just unleashing something that they never saw in Cleveland. Okay. Or you could say it this. Uh, this way. I would fear him landing most with the Cardinals. Ah, <laughs> yes. Implosion. Which apparently somebody uh-huh. tweeted me and said Greg Jennings, the former NFL uh, receiver, somewhere said that the Cardinals would be a good landing spot for him. Which really? is crazy. Which I completely but, disagree. Yeah, it's crazy. Huh. It's the one position group they got plenty of depth at. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move to college football quickly. John Wilner, who covers the Pac-12 so well for the San Jose Mercury News, he put together his hot seat rankings for Pac-12 football coaches. Uh-huh. He said that Herm Edwards' hot seat is the fourth hottest in the conference behind USC, who obviously Clay Helton's gone, Washington State, Nick Rolovich is already gone, and Washington, which looks very hot. Uh, Wilner Essentially says... Essentially, it's second... Hottest because the first two already right yeah I, I don't know why yeah, I agree with that, that way yeah, but yeah. yeah so he says from Wilner or Wilner says either the 67 year old Herm Edwards will be forced to resign because of the recruiting violations or he will decide enough is enough and retire after four years one pandemic and seemingly un excuse me unseemly allegations against mm-hmm. his program Wilner gives it a 75 percent shot. That this is the end for Herm Edwards. Yeah. What percent will you guys put on it? I think I think that's about where I'm at. I think it's certainly more likely than not. Um, I I'm going to leave that window open because what they do on the way out might change the way people feel a little bit. But yeah, it just it just feels like a change is necessary and impending. It, it, it's an interesting question because I think. And I'm not disagreeing with the percentage, and I'm not disagreeing with what Wilner laid out there, and obviously we're living it here in our own backyard, but I think it's kind of like a, if it comes to that, I think it's a self-imposed hot seat, because I don't think, Herm Edwards, as long as he wants to coach ASU, I don't think he's in fear of of getting fired at this point, Mm. quite honestly. But but I do know that the boosters are at their wit's end, Mm -hmm. and I've heard that, other people have heard that, so that's why I think the... the, the the game against Arizona is going to matter a lot. Yeah. It always does. Yeah. You're damn right it does. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And this is a good year to be playing Jed Fish. Put it that way. And finally, college basketball. The season opened up last night. Wins all across the state. ASU beat Portland. U of A beat NAU. Okay, I guess not all across the state. And then GCU beat Grambling State. I posed this question on Twitter last night, but Dan and Vince, I wanted to ask you guys as well. Who is the former college basketball player that even today still gets under your skin? Well, 
on a national level, I'm not a Duke hater, but man, it was impossible to like Grayson Allen as a college basketball yeah, he's player. At, he's at the top of my list. Um, but for the rivalry, if you're an ASU fan on that side of the rivalry with with U of A, pick any. I have and I have an irrational one. Some people may remember him. Some people may not. His name was Joe McLean. He played ninety three to ninety six. He used to wear knee pads, and it seemed like he made every shot he ever. He was he was a, a bench player. He like he made every shot against ASU, and that was like the height of the ASU frustration. And why can't we just be better like them? It's irrational, but that was the first yeah. one that came to mind. Joe McLean, huh? And Khalid Reeves was on that list too because he was another guy that I was convinced shot a hundred percent. Whenever he in played his, in his la- well, yeah. in, over his last year of college basketball, yeah. the guy never missed a shot. Yeah, tremendous. I would I would basically say anybody who plays for Duke, but I'll, I'll narrow it down to Grayson Allen. Yeah, Grayson yeah. Allen, punchable was, face and oh, a dirty player. Oh, most punchable face. Oh yeah, uh, Grayson Allen was the inspiration for this question. So. Sounds like we've got a consensus there. there Speaking of college basketball, did you see that Wichita State kid win that game last night? I did not. No. Okay. Game is tied. Was it shocking? Oh, no, stop. And he, he basically <laughs> dribbles up court. He's got a guy in his face, and he shoots from almost the logo, almost what? half court, and drains it. And you're like, this is where we've come in basketball? That's the shot you take? I see it. The Steph curry So it wasn't even of... out of desperation? He... No. Wow. No, he chose that and he drained it. Hey. He really did. Uh, Tyson Etienne, is that a That's Travis Etienne brother? It. it might be. Are they related? No, we got we got some research to do. Put that crack research staff on it. Yeah. yeah. We're Googling. Uh, Thank you, Sarah. Thanks. Rush Hour Reboot. We get you caught up on the big stories of the day at 7.30. Coming up next... More talk and discussion about the NFL's favorite new rule, the taunting rule. We'll get into that more NFL hash marks next. It's Bickley and Murata. Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. Yeah, one of the uh, big talking points coming out of Week 9 in the NFL was the Monday night football game between Pittsburgh and Chicago, where Chicago's Cassius Marsh... Uh, had a sack of Ben Roethlisberger, appeared to be a big third-down sack. Uh, he celebrated it. He was called for a very late taunting penalty on a play where Cassius Marsh in the video kind of verifies this, mm-hmm. that when he was running off the field, he was hip-checked by the official, the lead official, Tony Correnti. It was a weird situation, um, but it ended up helping Pittsburgh to that win. Uh, Mike Tomlin, head coach of the Steelers, who is a member of the competition committee as coach of the Steelers, uh, he backed up the call and he backs up the controversial taunting rule that has been in place in the NFL. He said, uh, we're just trying to clean our game up. We embrace the responsibility that comes with uh, being the role models that we are. This game being played at the highest level, we understand that people who play at a lower level watch us and often mimic the things we do and how we conduct ourselves, and just largely as league competition committee specifically, there was a desire to improve in that area. That's been expressed to our guys. I don't have any problem with that sentiment, Bick, but the way that this rule is being yeah. applied and and officiated on Sundays and, and Mondays in this case is ridiculous. Listen, I, I this this rule from its from its inception bothered me, and it and it's it's even worse for me now. 
I, I really want to know why, how a league that is so good at tweaking its product to make it really good for television, who in the NFL really, really, really believed that this was the way to go? And why, why are there people still supporting this rule when it's so subjective? What, what are the boundaries for what is taunting? Subjective is the perfect word. Tony Carrente in a pool report said, quote, first of all, keep in mind that taunting is a point of emphasis this year. Okay, thanks for trying to uh, wash over the fact that you made a horrific call. Uh, and then he continued and said, with that said, I saw the player after he made a big play run toward the bench area of the Pittsburgh Steelers, didn't run, uh, did look in the direction, and posture in such a way that I felt he was taunting them. Posture is taunting now? It's wow. ridiculous. Wow. It's absolutely ridiculous. And uh, Ryan Clark of ESPN went on a rant this. on it. I think I, you can't make this call subjective. If there's going to be certain rules or certain things that are definitive. officiated in this, they need to be definitive. I need to know that I can't stare at people. I need to know that I can't flex my muscles. I need to know that what I've worked my entire life to do, the thing that I've stayed up from 5 in the morning till midnight Off every single one. night, the thing that I've gotten therapy and needles stuck from my neck to my ankles, the reason I've been in cold tubs and hot tubs every single morning. And the reason I've ran through film 80 million times was because so I can make that one play. Mm. one play. And you mean to tell me on that one play, I got to calm all that down that went into this because somebody who can't do what I do, who ain't never done what I've done mm. and don't know what this feeling is like, gets offended by it. And I wish I freaking would. <laughs> wow. That is, he, that's he, a great, great take. He's right on the money. Cassius Marsh was called up to the active roster the day of the game from the practice squad Mm -hmm. and made a highly pivotal quarterback sack in a close game Mm -hmm. late on Monday Night Football. And Tony Carrenti thought his posture was taunting. It's absolutely ridiculous. It is. And again, I'll go back to when this rule, we talked about it in the summertime, when they passed this rule, I said, yeah, I probably need some cleaning up. The way they've officiated it, again, has been an it's, embarrassment to the league. Is. And Ryan Clark is right. How is an entire unit forcing a turnover, running the length of the field, especially <laughs> on the road, <laughs> to pose for cameras Not and gesticulate <laughs> a, 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 entire in front of the entire fan base? That's not taunting. And we see that on a weekly basis. Every team that ever forces a turnover does this now. The, That's not taunting. Yeah, the, this 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 rule is ridiculous because because there's an emotional outlet that you have to you have to get rid of that energy after a big play. You do, you can't just swallow what you're feeling after you blow somebody up on a football field. And and for the NFL to think you can, that to me is asinine. And the bigger issue is. The taunting penalty, the the shows of extreme emotion happen after the most impactful, influential games and fo- plays in football. So the moments that actually make a difference in the outcome of the game, you're now putting it in the hands of the official who can throw a flag on you if you look at somebody too long. Mm-hmm. So you're giving that guy the power to reverse the most impactful plays in a football game based on someone being offended. It is the most asinine thing I've seen the NFL do in a long, long time. And that's saying something. It is. Because there's a laundry list of asinine things that the NFL checks as a to-do list every year. It's also, they're, they're creating a solution to a problem that didn't really seem to be a problem. It's like, did it feel like every year, oh my goodness, there's so much 
fights in the NFL because of these taunting, like to to try to separate what is taunting from what is emotion is fruitless. Absolutely, uh, 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 you know, it's impossible to do. But they're mm-hmm. trying to do it, and it's yeah. failing miserably. Yeah. And I wonder what Mike Tomlin's stance would have been had it been, you know, Hayward making a sack and, and, and doing the exact same thing that Cassius Marsh did. And you have to consider that, too, mm-hmm. because it's a practice squad guy in Cassius Marsh who's bumped around the league team to team for the last five years. If he was a superstar, if that was Aaron Donald, does he get called for that? If that was T.J. Watt on the other side, does he get called for it? It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. They've opened up this in oh, yeah. this can of worms, yeah. and it's it. And it, why are they flagging him? Because it could escalate into something. That's that. But it the, didn't. It, and again, the <laughs> it didn't idea escalate that you're worrying about it, something getting escalated on a football field is also asinine. It's a violent game. Ugh. I I really want to know who thought up that idea that we need to do this. It's a disaster waiting to happen. What I'm happened? looking at Mike Tomlin. What, yeah, right. And I don't know why Mike Tomlin continues to support this. But it, can you imagine the damage this might do in a playoff game? If somebody has the gall to throw a flag? But they wouldn't. Yeah, between that call and, look, I'm no Rams fan, but what happened to Aaron Donald on the roughing the oh. passer call? <laughs> If that was more impactful uh, or more um, tied to the outcome of that game, the Rams would have been absolutely irate. Yeah. There's just those two things are just being botched on a weekly basis a weekly, by NFL yes, officials. Are. Yes, they are. Coming up next, we've reached the halfway point of the Wednesday show. Bickley will kick off the second half of it with the blast. That's next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings, ninety-eight-seven FM, Arizona Sports Station.